Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. How are you doing this morning, Mr. Ben? I'm doing pretty good. Let me go and put on the old, where, where is the button? Oh, there it is. Phew. Almost lost the button for a minute. I was going to start doing this coming into the view because I had to like canoe my way in. It's still wet out there. It is. It. it certainly is. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. I got weird things going on with my computer. Oh my gosh. Are we it's having like, a tech there day? We go. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The tech angels need to come in and help us get started. Here. I guess it yeah. was uh, it, a coincidence thing too on having tech issues, but like just before um, our show today and your show, uh-huh. um, I yeah, was on yeah. my appointment with my doctor actually virtually. I'd never done that before. And you know me, I'm up early. I'm in the waiting yep. room waiting. 30 minutes go by, and I got, like, four links sent to me saying they had issues on their end. I'm like, really? Like, the what time? I'm really? But everything's all good. Uh, got checked out, and uh, we're, you know, banging off into into your show. I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love virtual stuff, by the way. Um, makes life a lot easier. It um, does, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah. Especially with all those things, like. I don't know. It's really hard to get an appointment with the doctor anymore. I've noticed it takes right. a long time. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. And, you know, in the uh, waiting room and so forth. But uh, my doctor, it was a, uh, my dermatologist. She, uh, she obviously her camera comes on. She goes, ooh, professional setup. I'm like, well, you're a doctor and you're a professional person. <laughs> so it's like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, so I'm going to jump into okay. some astrology and then I got some great uh, people waiting in the wings. Uh, uh, to come on in yeah. a few minutes. And so this week, uh, December 6th, which I think was yesterday, the planet closest to Earth, Venus, called the Queen of Heaven by the ancients, and the dwarf planet, Haumea, named after the Hawaiian goddess of birth, which is orbiting beyond planet in our solar system's transformational edge, were conjunct in Scorpio for the first time in 285 years. So it's kind of a big thing. Halmea represents divine creation and the incredible and perhaps untapped power that a child-bearing or creation-bearing body holds. We can use her energy to create, not with forced effort, but with trust. Halmea is shaped like a pink egg. How interesting. And she has two little moons, which sort of reminds me a little bit like to well what <laughs> maybe some sort of anatomy oh the birthing oh channel, uh-huh. right yeah i was being delicate yeah <laughs> i i thought so, you were coming up with something there <laughs> thank you anyway <laughs> the the alignment of these two powerful goddesses venus and halmea symbolize a powerful fusion of feminine energy with themes mm. around fertility childbirth the rebirth of heart matters, a deepening in our relationships, an activation of the divine feminine energy, love and creation coming together, and an increased need to create nourishment and comfort. Mm -hmm. If there's something in your life that needs a rebirth or fresh energy, this energy is here to help us. Within and around you, love and creative capacity are becoming a single transformative force. They're merging. It's happening not on the surface, but in the intense and passionate depths that you can only enter within yourself 
or within the reality by giving up something that's just kind of taken up space, which is, in my opinion, and in my reality right now, it's everything, giving it all up for something new. To merge the powers of these two sky goddesses demands that you go all in because they're not fooling around. Halmea will be in Scorpio for 27 years. And in every single one of those years, Venus, the goddess of love in all its myriad forms, from beauty to artistry to abundance to creativity to sexuality, will come to visit Halmea, that beautiful goddess of birth and merge into the frequencies that create whatever is needed for life to flourish. The Hawaiian creatrix Haumea, whose frequencies are activated, like I said, by the pink dwarf planet Haumea, knows all about birthing, whatever is needed, over and over again. And so for the next 27 years, she's meeting with Venus every year and Luna every month. And energetically, beginnings are absolutely crucial right now. There's many, many seeds that are going to be planted and brought forward. And what do these two goddesses need from you? <laughs> they need your heartfelt wish, your dream, your intention, your desire to go to the bottomless fathom, the fathomless bottom of your heart. It's time to wish upon a star in the most loving, creative powerful, visionary way. And within this strong influence of love and creation for the next 27 years is another powerful feminine cycle. Every eight years, Venus creates a perfect five-pointed star or a five-petaled rose as it orbits around the sun. This is known as the rose of Venus or the star of Venus. And each one of these petals represents a growth point or an ev evolution point when it comes to love, connection, our values, and our interpretation of beauty. So as she creates the petals, Venus shifts between being a morning star and an evening star. This transition is marked by Venus aligning with the sun and is known as the Venus star point. The formation of each petal marks a period of humanity, of maturity, and ascension in our relationships and once again in matters relating to the heart. The current cycle of Venus began in June of 2020 and petal number one, the formation of petal number one, brought us into the lockdowns and the preparation for the growth ahead. The second petal began in January 2022 and brought us more intuition around the journey ahead and was activating us to, deep, to step into the truth, our truth. We'll talk about that. Petal number three began this year in August of 2023 and is currently influencing the rise of our consciousness. And it will take until March of 2025 to develop that petal. Petal number four will go from March 2025 to August 2027 where things will unravel and we will be able to see the core lessons unfolding. Expansion will occur. A new way of working with Venus energy, the birthing energies emerges. And petal number five, the new state of consciousness will begin in August of 2027 moving forward. This Venus cycle will occur four more times during this 27 year period when Venus and Haumea are 
getting together. And by the time it's over, five roses will have been created. With Hamea meeting up with Venus every month, with everything that I've said going on in the sky, with the heart, with love, with creation, we could not be in a more potent time. And so on my show in that energy, ha, 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 because I can, I'm bringing in two goddesses to be with me. So there'll be three goddesses. And then Benny's always back there anchoring us in. Thank you, Benny. So today is the first show in a series of six with my guests, Kate Montana and Robin Duda. Kate is the author of Cracking the Matrix, 14 Keys to Individual and Global Freedom, where she explores the actual presence of evil on this planet and how to break free from its controlling influence. And Kate lives on Maui. Robin Duda is a minister of soul alchemy and the co-founder and spiritual director of the Sustainable Love Transformation and Training Center in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And today we're going to be talking about moving from concept to reality. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks for your patience during that introduction. Good morning. <laughs> that was gorgeous with the Venus and the petals and the rose. Yeah. Wow. Was it? Yeah. Somebody told me really recently that 2027 was kind of the POW year where everything finally comes into a, an alignment that we would really want aligned. <laughs> that was like a mini well, POW. Can we get a bigger POW? Like, um, pow, well, pow. I that, but I don't yeah, want to blow yeah. your microphones. No, no, <laughs> you can't blow myself here. Uh -uh. No, no, no. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this idea of love and creation coming together and the blooming of a rose or the developing of something one petal at a time until at the end of it. Because when I was thinking, as you draw those petals, you're like, well, what is that? And then there's another one. You're like, well, what's that? And then by the time it's done, you're like, oh, it's a beautiful rose. I see. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in the way of all that is, you know, I was thinking about the beautiful uh, sand mandalas that, that, that are made and they make these beautiful pieces of art and then they, they're gone. Right. There's that effervescent quality. And now we're going to create again then we're going to create again we're going to create again so like Halmea births from her body again and again and again right so we do it over and over and over so having said that it also in my opinion kind of segues us straight into our conversation because you know when I was a child I thought as a child I acted as a child I created as a child I drew little stick figures right and that was the level of my awareness Perhaps that was the level of my reality, my concepts of what to do, right? But then as I've grown, as I've matured, as we grow and mature, then when we go back to create that drawing, perhaps we're doing it in a different way, right? So I'm going to start by just kind of diving in and you guys can, you know, we're free flow here and there's no script, you know, it's coming from our hearts. But what is the difference between a concept and a reality? That is such oh. a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's huge. But in, you in know, I, it, that's exactly what's up in my face, Loretta. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've spent 40 years, well, I have spent 45 years in the spiritual new age arena and, you know, focused on love, enlightenment, wisdom, um, ascension, all of these words. And, 
you know, and because I spent, because I was focused on those things, because I read books about those things, because I talked about those things, because I spent thousands of hours on my Zazen pillow meditating on those things and having, you know, love and enlightenment and, and truth experiences, I thought that was it. I thought I, I thought that was it. And then I would look at my life and go, well, why, why is my life so still so messed up? And why am <laughs> I having this issue? And I'm focused on manifesting fabulous wealth and it's not happening. And, and there, there must be some, <laughs> there must be something missing, you know, and I had that kind of a thought pattern and action going on for decades. And I swear to God, it's only recently 45 years in that I'm going, I feel embodied for the first time. Robin, bless her cotton socks, is, has been a, an enormous um, motivator and facilitator getting me in my body. Because I spent that 45 years on my Zazen pillow trying to get out there to God somewhere, my higher Christ self, and I, I wasn't fully present. And so I, I was in the head, I was in the head space all out here in magnificent experiences, but I wasn't grounded. And it's only now that I'm beginning to feel like I've moved out of the ideas of love and truth and wisdom. And I just feel embodied and there's nothing going on up here or not much, but I just feel <laughs> potent. I feel loving. And it's like, and it, it, and it's so powerful that, you know, part of me is like going, Oh, oh wow. Oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I'm at with that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Robin, do you have any comment on that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this, this whole topic is really what started my absolute commitment to embodiment because I too with as Kate describes we're, we're really focused in the 90s on the ideas of enlightenment the ideas of healing and I would have these profound experiences but I couldn't maintain them I couldn't integrate them I couldn't uh my life wasn't physically working and then there was the whole push, uh, you know, in the 80s, 90s and, and the early 2000s. Well, just visualize, just use your mind correctly. <clears throat> Imagine it or uh, really see it happening. And so we went, in my view, from cracking open in our own aware awareness that we actually do have power, you know, in the, in the mystery schools and in the... Uh, opening of the secret and all of these things that were starting to become more public we went to the mind to try to find our uh freedom and because the mind is you know what we identify with is the power and now as you described loretta and it's probably earth-wide it's probably cosmic wide we have to come back into what actually works in our bodies in relationship with nature, because if we're not letting that be our mirror, like our reality testing, we're lost. So in my own experience, you know, I entered my marriage that I have now with this conceptual understanding of divine union. And, you know, I got the Christ download of if we just loved each other enough, and ah, we could do it. But who knew that frequencies of high love between a part in partnership would take you to the darkest of the dark that you've been hiding from 
Who knew? And so, yes, there's people that have written about that. I mean, it's ancient wisdom. But when it comes to the Western thinking, there's this idea that it shouldn't, you should never fight. It shouldn't be uncomfortable. We shouldn't have to deal with, you know, difficulties if it's in, in alignment. And that's absolutely a lie. So what, what I really got in touch with is there's the concepts or the ideals that we've read about, even from ancient times. And then there's the living of it and the discovery of how do I love myself, my partner, this situation, and let it burn up where I don't love. And so for me, embodiment or going from concept to reality is a transmutation process that's day in, day out. And it's releasing the judgment of who we think we need to be or an ideal that we're hanging on to of how it should look. And it's dropping deeply into what's happening, which is, you know, very uh, Buddhist in a, in a sense, but there's a emotional component that I feel a lot of the, um, the religious masters from the past haven't, haven't always guided us in this current time because I think this is the new birthing where the systems of the past are being rebirthed from an alchemical process of our bodies knowing from the feminine earth to what does it take to build loving relationships because the feminine is usually the one that guides relationship in a family mm -hmm. okay Dad, I love that you're out there working and I love that you're committed. And yet, you know, you're missing the boat here. The child needs a diaper change. You know, it's like this, just get real with what is and where we're gapped between what we think is happening and what's actually happening. And we are being asked in my view, Loretta, which is astrology is so perfect. And Kate, what you shared, I love it. I feel we are being asked to get so real with what is actually nourishing our mm -hmm. systems mm -hmm. and this planet and move out of even the concept of global warming, the concept of enlightenment, the concept of how to love each other. It's not an easy task. It is an embodied willingness to feel everything and to meet it with love and compassion. And when you're angry and fierce, there it is. When your body is saying, this doesn't feel right, there it is. Love is asking for truth, moment to moment to moment. Whatever so, it is, even if it ain't pretty. Even if it ain't pretty, because man, there's a lot of not pretty out there. And we have kidding. to be willing to find our right action in it. You know, um, there's a lot in, in what you're saying. Um, when... People are at, I'm going to say, the beginning of this sort of a journey. Like, I always look at people as, oh, it's an oversimplified version of they're in a box. They're in a box that they were put into or they went into in order to feel safe, to yeah. look safe, to fit in. Um, you know, ancient societies, if you were thrown out of the tribe, you no longer had protection or food or anything, right? So you had to figure out how to, quote unquote, fit in. And in order to fit in, what do you do? You have to deny the self. You have to avoid unpleasant unpleasantries. Like, we're not going to do that. But you're also pointing toward beliefs, the right. mind, right? The, the, 
the the reality that we create is it a reality right that we create based upon our information that we have taken in and i think a lot of our our conditioning and programming has been to steer us away from our bodies our connection to the earth our natural impulses even to the point of forgive me on the radio if i am edging into femininity or feminine uh, body concepts right that i cannot have a cycle as a woman because that interferes with my ability to work and i have to show up at work and i have to be strong and i don't want to i don't want to take time out to go and meditate or introspect or or incubate or do whatever it is that that cycle is asking us to do right so there's a complete disconnect right and um there's a lot we could say here i mean technology has come into our world and i love technology but i also look at it out of the corner of my eye you know going how much screen time do you actually need and can you carry on a conversation right can you go and 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 walk on the earth so there's a lot in this these ideas of love right trust spirit embodiment um we have gone through a great period of time where it's very fluffy you know yeah. i'm 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 love 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 light 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 butterfly 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 don't talk to me about anything uncomfortable i will um ghost you and avoid you and run away and there's something in what you said because i learned this a long time ago from one of my great teachers and he said loretta you have a lot of light and i'm like i do okay i have a lot of light and he said but one thing you need to know as light as your light is is as dark as your darkness is <laughs> and you have to go through the darkness to get to the light and all of my journey has been based upon this concept that in order to fully embody the self, you do have to go to those dark recesses and take a look at them. The disowned parts of us create havoc. They just simply do. So yeah. we are on the leading edge. I can feel it. We're on a precipice. <clears throat> and the old world is right behind us. And there's many, many right there with us. I can sense it in the listeners. And as the show goes out, it will reach more listeners who... In my opinion, this is what they want to hear. This is where they're at. And and I'm just going to say this for whatever it's worth. You just have to take one tiny little leap into the light, into the love, because you are so supported. You yeah. are so loved. You are not alone, right? Yeah. You know, and one of the, one of the things that is really trippy and that trips has tripped me up um, is that so much of my spirituality was based in um, Eastern methodologies, which was highly ascetic. You know, the 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 guy in the loincloth meditating in the cave focused on on enlightenment, and to the complete abdication of the body, the complete nullification of any emotion, um, isolation, and I followed that path assiduously and had astounding and yes enlightenment for days but i couldn't hold it and it wasn't i finally realized that yeah it took me 14 years to integrate that enlightenment experience 
but I had not awakened in my body in my full essence. I hadn't integrated. I wasn't, I wasn't whole. And so one of the things that I've had to let go of is the old ideas of that's the only way to God. Mm -hmm. Right. That right. I, that, that, that right. abdication of the body, that asceticism, that harshness, these are new times and everything grows and changes. And now we're being asked to be whole. I mean, one of the strangest things I ever ran across, Ken Wilber talked about different different levels of enlightenment. And I was like, wait a minute, different levels of enlightenment. I thought enlightenment was enlightenment. And like now years later, I'm going, no, it's like that rose. It's th this, this is another petal. Yeah. Here's another petal. Yeah. It's unfolding in all these different ways and to go with that. And then when my body says, no, don't sit on that pillow for until your hips hurt, go for a walk, you know, embrace nature or sit under that tree over there you know, rest your head against the uh, tree trunk is that whatever my body and my, my body and my feelings are prompting me to take certain actions and which is completely opposed to the old paradigm, spiritual paradigm. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. And this is, well, they may be not completely opposed, but that's what know. I actually wanted to talk about for a quick moment. Okay. Yeah, please. So, I mean, it's like, yeah. well, I'm so excited because I'm in my body now and I can be a whole human being. I can be a woman. <laughs> Whatever that means, I'm, I'm a, a I don't masculine know what that really means. <laughs> what I wanted to connect what Loretta said and what you just said for a quick hot flash here. Um, you're having a hot flash, but <laughs> I'm actually crying. You know, my tears are just dropping because Loretta, you and I've taken a journey to Egypt and uh, whoo, did we have to look at that other side uh, to all of us. But what, what I'm really wanting to connect, Kate, what you're saying is so many of us in this pedal creation or in this evolutionary experience of insight, we go, wow, I believe that. And now look at this. That's wrong. Yeah. And so what we end right. up doing in our evolution and young people do this all the time is in order to move out of a state of illusion where you really believe something conceptually and then life showed you something else that you're not embodied in. And then you blame the concept or you blame the teacher or you blame the system. And yeah. what, what I feel that we have to be willing to do and well, we're being invited to this have to, that's another agenda, yeah. but <laughs> what would it be like? I wonder if we could pull all that we've learned from, you know, not being able to embody something or following a teacher like you did Kate, that where your hips hurt on the pillow and go, wow, what did I gain from all that? Now, what's the medicine of that? Now, how can I embody my own inner truth as the guide for my actions? And it's not somewhere higher. I'm actually bringing the highest frequencies of all of my wisdom into the moment. Because the guidance that's in the moment, that's totally connected to nature, is going to let us know, oh, we're going to go to that grocery store instead of that one. Oh, we are not going to go to that ceremony. We're going to go over here. If you're in the moment with your highest frequencies of love, and Loretta, you and I have talked about this a lot, you are going to be guided to, into your nourishment and safety if you're committed to self-love. But if you're in a sacrifice matrix from the past, if you're in a martyrdom matrix, if you think you can save the world because you got the light, you know, any kind of idea of spirituality 
will take you out of the presence of every single moment that's asking something new of us, that is loving for us and loving for self innately, energetically opens to universal love. And most of us were taught that love of self is narcissism and sacrificing and service is God. Mm -hmm. So then we divide the body's needs with service to the one. And there we are in duality. And yet we are being asked to unify self and other. Well, if you're putting self before other all the time, that's narcissism. If you're putting other before self all the time, you're in martyrdom, you're in trouble. So this huge opportunity, the very feminine is to feel that oneness. Oh my gosh, this person in front of me is in agony and suffering. Where's that in me? Do I have mm -hmm. compassion for that in me? Now, what do I need when I'm in suffering? Oh, I need a reminder that I can love that into healing, not rescue myself out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So this, this new capacity, or actually this, what you're speaking into all of us is, how do we embody oneness that isn't a concept, but a day in, day out movement of love that we are choosing and relating from? And when you can't love, when you feel your judgment, that's part of your conversation too. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm really having trouble, Kate, feeling love for you right now. And that's not about you. And it hurts my heart, but I'm just going to breathe through this. Wow, that's what right. transparency. That's love to me is to share the truth, the microscopic truth in relationship and not run away from it. Well, the truth is within. Yes. It's not out there. I read something or, you know, I heard somebody say or somebody told me this truth is within. This is authenticity. I feel this. Yeah. I sense this. I know this. Somehow I know this. And then communicate it. And and this grounding, you know, what Jesus always said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's not out there someplace. And so finally, this last territory, unexplored territory of within, and let letting my within guide me and trust that. Because again, that's the one of the last things we've been taught is to trust self. And that's the primary, <laughs> that's the primary, that's the only real place to guide us is within. And so I, I, yeah, go Loretta, because I want to talk about how we've been tricked inside yeah. to not so, know our truth, but go Loretta. Right. So I believe we were born with an internal guidance system. It was put into us and it is a divine connector. It is the divine within us and it is infallible. Everything that we've come in contact with has turned us away from trusting the internal guidance system, that divine system. And we were trained to be victims. We were trained to give our power away. And it's almost like it, it has permeated us. So I'm sensitive to the fact that we have gone, the three of us and many listeners have gone on a journey to the point where we actually are getting the idea of what we're talking about here. There are babies in the woods who are listening to this, who are like, well, but my feeling, you know, like, like this could be a big conversation. What's the difference between that guidance system? And well, I feel hurt and I feel sad and I feel like I don't want to go do that. And I feel like I have to go do that. Like there's, there's a, there's a whole forest here to wade through, but I'm also thinking <laughs> about how timely our conversation is because, um, 
you know, this is the time of up here in the Northwest, the days are getting shorter, the night is taking over. It's, it's time of introspection. And I always think of the story of Persephone or Demeter, you know, those, those girls who had to go through the underworld. And they have to go through seven gates. And at every gate, as they are going through, going deeper, so they're going through what I call the revealing, they they have to pay a toll at each gate and they don't have money. So they have to remove clothing until they end up in in down in the middle of wherever the heck it is, Hades, <laughs> uh, naked. And it is not nakedness. It is, is, it is honesty and it's revealing. It's like all of these confines are removed, all of these mm -hmm. concepts. And then when they come out of there, and this is the journey we're on, they put the articles of clothing back on and they gain more than what they lost. So there's this whole journey that, in my opinion, we are on. And that guidance system within us, that divine spark, that desire, that thing that pulls us is guiding us, always mm -hmm. guiding us. And if we can remove the conditioning, the programming, the blocking, everything that's thrown in front of us, the confusion, the lies, you know, what is the truth? You know, yeah, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Really? Well, okay, fine. Where's that? Right. And um so yeah, so from concept to reality, um, I was thinking about the word wisdom. I know I'm all over the place here, but when I tap into the reality of these things, it's like a, a permeability, like water that comes out of my my cells, like, like it oozes out of me. The wisdom comes from me. The love is spontaneous. It occurs. It's an mm -hmm. emanation, an emanation of the essence of, of my reality, who I really am, right? It's, it's not like I have to do this thing. It's spontaneous. It, ha it just occurs. Um, when I'm in my, you know, consulting room, whatever you want to call it, and my, and my clients are there with me, whether it's on Zoom or in person, I've always said to people, they, they're like, what happens? I go, I have no idea. All of a sudden, this thing starts coming out of me. And it's just so loving. And it's so compassionate. There's no judgment. It is that which we are seeking. And that to me is the way that we're naturally created to be with each other. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah. that principle of knowing that Loretta, I mean, we're all, you know, senior members of womanhood, more or less, we're out <laughs> of our maidenship, right? Um, the, the capacity to feel that and to know that that's our innate nature is because we've when we felt that anger or well, I'm really sad, you know, and go away, you've triggered me. Like when we've gone through those levels of questioning, oh, if I'm this sad because that person said, where did that start? We've gone into the exploration of what Kate's book was about is, is this conditioning? Is this my trauma? Is this actually me? Or is this a reaction to a wound and I've got some other energy in here keeping me in fragmentation? So because we've done our deep work and we're going to keep going, I mean, I don't see any one of us here ever stopping, no. you know, because the exploration of self continues to unveil more love. But there's the first layer of reaction. The first response isn't always our real truth. It's true. And, and, you know, your book, 
really lays it out there, Kate, because it says, hey, what if who we think we are isn't who we are? And Loretta just said it. What if we're beings of pure love and this other stuff that we think we are, violent, criminals, guilty, shameful, sex is bad, all these other concepts that allow us to hate ourselves. What if that's the interference? What yep. if that's the lie? And really what we're here to do is burn that up and return to what is true, which is we are beings of love and compassion. And so that is not an easy journey. It's not a fluffy one. And it's a physiological, biological burning up of the ancestors, the imprint from childhood. It's the burning of, like you say, multidimensional reality from all the other lifetimes we've ever existed as teachers, healers, and whatnot. Our multidimensional nature has been conditioned to, to follow rules or concepts. Yep. It's the burning up of cultural mind. And then technology now is like who we're being told we are. Well, we're inundated with too much information yeah. and uh, people's opinions and ideas. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're of an age, the three of us, you know, we are the goddesses. So, you know, that's how that works. But, um, you know, I remember when I was a kid and I had like three books, you know, I had the Bible, a book on plutonium. <laughs> And, and a book called 50 famous fairy tales they were my three books i would carry the book of plutonium around with me like it was going to explode now what little kid reads a book on plutonium i never mind that's a different show but you know there wasn't all this information and i would spend hours outside yeah hours with the stars with the wind with with the earth with the trees right yeah and um yeah. Anyway. Nature was my nature was yeah. my salvation but, growing up yeah. in a dysfunctional alcoholic family, abusive family. Yeah. I was raised on a farm, thank God. And so I would go to <laughs> the woods, I would go to my horses, I would go wade in the stream. That made sense. It wasn't verbal, but it comforted me on inside and out. And it was a reality that I could lean into and trust. And, and, uh, and I'm so grateful that you said what you said, Robin, because, and, and I know you've talked about, we've talked about this before is that that innate nature, which we are, we are pure beings of love. We are the life force, this power, power beyond comprehension. We are that, but then there are these, what is the unholy Trinity? of we have past life, what we think is past life. I don't even know if I believe in past lives anymore of like, am I just picking quantum information when I come into yeah. this body and think that's a past life, whatever. We have that, we've got our DNA epigenetic family pattern programming. Yeah. We've yeah. got external programming driven by interdimensional forces. So there's this three-pronged attack that manifests itself through socio-political, economic, sexual gender religious spirituality it philosophy all the comes science all, the channels. all of those three things those three major attack prongs penetrating us programming us taking us away from our natural innate knowing and our beautiful quiet explosive being well when we can yeah. talk about it it helps the mind say, oh, let's be curious about that versus like any 
anytime that I try to tell somebody what I see, it doesn't work well. Anytime I open the field of curiosity, like, like a book can do that for you, Kate, as a, as a writer and Loretta, you, you guide people so much longer than I have, but the, the place of curiosity where the mind can, can consider that it doesn't know and it doesn't know, but it's here to learn. And being able to speak this out loud, Kate, how do we get conditioned and what are we navigating through? Mm-hmm. And these are the elements we can point to, and there may be more. And the unholy trinity for me are the roles we play through that conditioning. So we're programmed to play a victim. We're programmed to play a rescuer. And we're programmed to play a perpetrator. Yeah. And those stay in place if we run self-hatred and we run, I'm not good enough. And we run, I've got to earn love. And if we run the whole conditioning program that religious usually religion usually pumps into us is that, that you are not a divine being of love and you're not infinite. So I think you're talking about the ways of conditioning through the fields. That keeps us in concept. Elements. That keeps right. us in concept. That keeps right. us in those in those idea bubbles rather than embodied and feeling what we feel and just allowing that to flow. Well, you know, the the Cartman triangle, the dreaded drama triangle with victim rescue or perpetrator is a disempowerment triangle that is based upon being reactive. Anger really right. drives it as, as opposed to being responsive, responsible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we're talking about here is taking radical responsibility for the self. And I call it stalking, S-T-A-L-K. Like the Toltec said, you should stalk yourself constantly. You should be observing the self. And I was laughing. Somebody sent me a meme yesterday and it's, it's got somebody, it's a little people watching a movie and then it's got a someone standing at the window looking through the window watching them watch the movie and then it's got somebody across the street watching the person watching the people watching the movie and it is that thing of who is watching the one watching you watching you who is that one and so when we go into radical responsibility we do begin to back up a little bit and go wait a minute the first reaction I had was like a mule kick in the stall. No, I reject that categorically. No, absolutely not. You're wrong and blah, you know, I'm a victim, blah, blah, blah. But as you, as you say, Robin, when we begin to, and I say to my clients, open your mind with wonder, open the mind with wonder and, and, and let go of trying to figure it out right you know because the minute we disengage that then we're we enter into our creative flow our natural state of being and i just think we need to be more creative of course i'm a musician right musician music saved my life but man take time off quit your job no don't listen to me (laughs) well if that's what you really 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 are prompted on a on a absolute level to do and being inauthentic is staying in that job when everything in you is crying out from a cellular level onwards to quit that job then yeah but it's yeah 
And I think the key, the key there, Kate, is to be able to feel the difference as we're yeah. all talking between the impulse to abandon responsibility for taking care of yourself, which we often have as children. I'm going to quit that job because I can't hold my own self-love in it. Right. Right. And then if you're, if you're eliminating all resources because you can't hold your self-love, then you're not going to be able to engage with the world. And so you're going to be getting and quitting jobs left, right, and center. But if you're in a toxic environment that doesn't empower you in your self-love, you need to leave that job and say, I am willing to be in an environment that empowers my authenticity and my true gifts. So all those impulses, we have to ask those questions and wonder. Because if we're not asking those questions, we could be jerked around by our shadow side, thinking we're listening to our guidance. And meanwhile, you know, we're scattering ourselves into the next medicine journey, looking for God to tell us what to do. Yeah. Right. And our life is falling apart. Yeah. Yes. We are here, yeah. as, as Loretta says, radical self-responsibility now. And we started a podcast, Kate, Radical Real, because we feel oh. all of us are, you know, we've got to get real here to make a difference in our lives that change the planetary culture where we are disconnected from each other. And we all want peace. We we don't want to see this yeah. planned war that's uh, being pumped. None of yeah. us. I mean, we didn't feel anyone we met, Loretta, in Egypt on either side of the river wanted war. Nope. No, all Nobody of the people did. were like so loving. Yeah, and I, I want to share this one little piece uh, from the journey. When we were standing uh, on the Jordan side of the Jordan River, and we had just been to the place where John the Baptist uh, baptized Jesus, and the energy of that place yeah. was filled with so much love and beauty. I can't even, know. you know, like it affected everybody in the group got kind of quiet, and we were standing there, and I... I put my feet on my hand in the Jordan River and I just lifted the water and I just and I had this massive epiphany of the memory of water, the power of water, and Jesus wanted the water over his whole body. Yeah. The memory of that is in the water. It's all around the world. The love is spread everywhere. And I just want to share that because it came through to me so powerfully and the opening of the heart was like those roses just, oh, right? So there's like probably a whole workshop on that that I'll put together, but we are, this is who we are, right? This is who we are. And We're meant, yeah, yeah. And our bodies are pr primarily water. Yes. So, um, and what are they trying to control in these uh, wars? Water. Water. What's been poisoned on our planet and what is the most concern we all have is water yes and so we have a right as stewards of this earth to claim back the sacredness of water and clean our bodies and clean this earth but not through controlling everyone's freedom no but by inviting the innate intelligence of how the earth wants to cleanse its water and what's poisoning our waters and i love this too because oracle girl has done a lot of immersions and communications around the absolute memory of water. And so did the movie Frozen. I just saw it with my daughter because we were <laughs> needing to be in silly mode. They talk about the memory of water in the second Frozen. So, you know, these big corporations know what these ancient truths are. 
and we get excited about that little truth and then they kind of take us on a different side path but yeah there's some real truth being pumped out into media but we have to feel that truth from within yeah yeah discernment discernment thank you for yeah. that egypt moment that jordan moment sorry yeah, profound for me too, Loretta. It's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. I I don't know the name of the woman, but there was a podcast done about a month ago. Um, an Israeli woman's um seventeen year old son was shot in the head, you know, in Gaza, and and she came on in the midst of her weeping, going, "I will not use my son's death as an excuse for violence. I will not participate." and perpetuate it stops with me yeah and I was just like I mean I watched that podcast and I was just like <laughs> um just losing it but it was it's just like that it stops with me and that takes deep personal responsibility to feel the depth of your rage and hurt and not channel it into the monster of revenge that takes powerful self-responsibility that's what we're talking about Kate that's what we're talking about, Loretta. I will not participate in these twisted shadow forces to justify separation, no matter what I feel. That's courage. Well, and what you said earlier, because to me, this is the work. When you are feeling angry toward someone, it's a time to look inside. Where is that within me? Right. What is it that needs to be healed here or addressed or held or understood or integrated or something? Right. right. And as we do that work, you know, I I always say, you know, um, can you allow yourself to be who you're meant to be, which is a powerful statement. And it's it's in the deepest parts of alchemy. But when you're able to do that, when you get to that point where you're embodied, your essence is coming out of you now, you're connected with that. You, yeah. you become much more able, willing, forgiving, loving toward everyone else to allow them to also access that deep essence of self, that love. And um, I keep thinking of the verse in the Bible, they will, they will, uh, you know, I think it's, they will beat their weapons into plowshares, right? <laughs> in, in, in other words, no more, no more fighting, no more war. The feminine does not want war. I cannot think of Venus and Helmea getting together and going, all right, goddess of love and goddess of birth. Let's, Let's go fight. Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> no. And Let's nourish. Let's hold, nourish. you know, let's call the children. Let's empower them. Let's remove this illusion, this veil of darkness off of them. And yet separation. that woman stood up in fierceness right. of grief and love and passion and a fierceness for truth. And by God, you know, the fierceness that it would take to stand for love in that right. level of pain. So it's, you know, again, that whole going back to the concept of what love is. Uh -uh -uh. Well, it's not butterflies and fairies. It's it's strength and it, it is knowingness. And when you stand in that knowingness, and I know you guys have experienced this. I know you ladies have. I know the listeners have. When you stand in the knowingness of truth, you're immovable. You're not afraid. You're not scattered. You're no. just there. You're there, right? And it's an emanation. 
Yeah. It's nothing up here in your head. It's an emanation from within. This is how it is. This is, this is life. This is love. And I will not tolerate harm on my planet. There is nothing that justifies intentional harm when you're in yeah. the feminine goddess loving life itself. And even animals kill to eat. There is a path in nature where yeah. things die and get reborn. Yeah. But the intention for revenge and killing for revenge, that's or harm. That's it's not about harm. harm. It's twist. That's the twisted light. That's the twisted religions. That's the twisted places of justifying, annihilating a whole group of people based on the crusades or whatever ideals we've got. And that is what we have to burn up inside of our own bodies. We're well, not doing that. And I think, Robin, you brought us full circle back into, as as I was saying in the introduction, Halmea is the goddess of birth, and she births again and again and again. The cycle goes around and around and around, and that's where we're at. We are taking that and putting it and coming back out at a higher level, a more aware level, and I hope that the fragrance of our loving, creative, strong roses can emanate out into the planet we are down to the last minute so oh. could each of you um just very quickly where to find you and one last quick comment i know kate c-a-t-e montana at kate well kate at katemontana.com also substack um cmontana.substack.com i this is this is just where it's at this is the conversation this is what's up this is what needs to be revealed, discussed, felt, and and embraced and moved with across the board. Right with you there, Kate. Um, we can't do this alone. I encourage people to have pods, have support groups, have you know two to three to four people that are your cheerleaders. Um, my to reach me to join a pod or to play into your own self discovery. Robin at sustainablelove.com and my uh, website is sustainablelove.com and we're practicing communi in community all of these choices and philosophy or embodiment and it it's an ongoing discovery of how it works so i'm so grateful that we had this time together this is very moving for me yeah and i'm loretta brown i'm the owner of reiki oasis you can find me at reikioasis.com i forgot to mention i do have my end of the year despacho you will want to sign up for it i do it every year and it is saying goodbye to the old and welcome to the new so it'll be a powerful one and my temple of the divine feminine will be december 23rd and we're also doing solstice uh, ceremony so um please connect with me reikioasis.com and the schedule.reikioasis.com and to my guest kate and robin i love you so much thank you for being a part of this lovely journey and benny benny mathers you're the best ah thank yes. you 